0: This is What Would Your Mother Say? Hi, I'm your host, Susan Morris. Welcome to the show. Today's subject is breakups. It's almost as though our biological clocks tell us when the seasons change. It's also time to make a change in relationships. Summer turns to fall, and love turns into misery. Here in the panel with me to talk about breakups is my panel of students, Claudia and Laura. Welcome. And on my side of the table are two moms, Jonah and Lane. Hi. 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 Okay. At what point, I'm going to throw this out to you all. At what point did you know you had to break up with someone? Was there a breaking point, uh, this is it moment?
1: Laura. Uh, well, for me, I kind of, the that's it moment didn't really come immediately i think the worst case is i always end up dating someone way longer than i actually should and i think the kind of epitome of this is that uh my first relationship it was like two years long and i think i was a freshman in high school and uh, he went and joined the marines without telling me and i was a little shocked and it just kind of was very much a, a kind of indicative of the way the relationship was going we just didn't really have communication going and then it still took me another six months to break up with them jonah did you have a a situation where you said oh
0: my god what am i doing here i said oh my god several times
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and i think most of them just kind of ended up fizzling you kind of hope they fizzle and then you don't have to be the one that says goodbye and it (laughs) just kind of baby goes
0: away well, I want to throw this out to the group. When did you see a breakup about to happen to you? And what were some of the signs? Anyone willing to admit to
3: having this happen to them, Claudia? Um, I don't know if it was... I don't think I saw it at the time. I should have. But looking back on it now, I think, oh, gosh, it was so obvious. But... What were some t- of the signs? Oh, we didn't talk as much or just... if We, we both picked fights over nothing and... I mean, I found myself just like not wanting to talk to him, but I didn't really, it didn't really click that I should have broken up with him, and then he did it.
0: Well, Lane, were there certain comments that a guy said to you once, or someone you heard about saying that just indicated, wow, he doesn't intend to call me again, or this is becoming a strain on his part?
4: Um, I don't know about the comments as much as just kind of that feeling in the pit of your stomach. I remember in high school, you know, three, four, five decades ago, um, and then in my first real serious relationship post-college, in both both cases, I kind of had what Claudia had where you just don't feel that same level of comfort and just that unease that makes you feel like this is just not right. So so it's
0: sometimes just not a surprise when the guy doesn't call. Well, okay, do you like it more when you have an open it-is-over conversation or when the other person or you just sort of disappears or quietly withdraws from the relationship? You're suggesting that they were quietly disappearing from the relationship. <laughs> you, you have to admit that's easier. Have you ever had anybody uh, say to you, um, gee, I don't want to go out with you anymore because I—I I think personally, I'd rather have the—the the guy just not call me again.
1: Well, for me, I actually never had a um, relationship where it ended with it kind of fizzling out. It's always been a very clear, defined like it's done, and so um, yeah, you like that? It's comfortable. You just have closure. Yeah, I, I don't like to put closure
0: on something though. I think it's really hard to say to someone, um, Gee, this just, just isn't working out. It's better to go out on the date and not talk to them. Joining us at the table is Lauren, and we are sharing mics for today's show. So, Hi, Susan. <laughs> it's good to have you on board.
5: It's good to be here.
0: We're talking about breakups. Um, Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs>
5: always, always a low point,
0: really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. But we all go through them. Uh, I I mean, is there anyone in the world who hasn't had a breakup, whether it's with a boss or a loved one, it's sort of, um, but how do you get over this breakup? I think it's hard to, to be
4: able to do that. Lane? Well, my theory is that it takes half the length of the relationship to recover from the relationship. That was my theory for years and years and years. But then I met my husband the day after I broke up with my boyfriend right before him. So (laughs) I'm not sure about my theory, but for a while it worked there. Well, now, did he break up with you? No, oh, okay. I dumped him. So that oh. could be the thing. I that think, could be the thing there. I think that's the key thing. That's yeah. a
5: huge difference. Are you the dumper
4: <laughs> or the dumpy? Oh, right. yeah.
5: That'll That'll definitely dictate it. Because, you know, if if you don't do the dumping, then it's, you know, the forbidden fruit. It's what you can't have is what you really want. You know, and that takes a lot of time to deal with.
0: Yeah. What do you think? Do you think Lane's uh, calculation is right? I think you might even be off.
5: <laughs> o- right. Off short or off long? O- off short. Oh,
0: I mean, I think if you really like someone a lot and it hasn't clicked, it can really hurt your ego and and set your you know really
3: send you in a, a you know. A I think it depends on how long it takes for you to meet somebody else, or at least that's what it's been in my case. If I've got, I mean, let's see, do I even So you go for
5: the rebound <laughs> in other words?
3: Yeah, the rebound.
0: <laughs> well, that that brings me to my my next question: Have you ever had a rebound relationship? And what's a rebound relationship?
4: Yes. I have had a rebound relationship. And, in fact, I just went to my 20th high school reunion this past summer. And I met the guy who is my rebound E. And he's one that I let fade gently into this good night and never clearly, you know, I just avoided him. And I still feel bad about it 20 years later. So I am all in favor to go back to your previous question of ending things clearly and cleanly. And then I think it lets you move on and move on to that. You know, half life that you can start recovering from. Do you? Oh, okay. Let's practice what you say. <laughs> I mean, what do you say?
0: Um, this just isn't working, or I can't stand your bad breath any longer. Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think <know. laughs> you're you say I'm joining
4: the Marines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh <my God.
0: laughs> it's it's hard to know. Okay, any advice on how to do it quickly and smoothly?
5: It, it's not me. It's you. Is that?
0: <laughs> oh, that makes it very clear. <laughs> oh, I don't know what. It, well, here's here's a question. Do you think that breakups, Jonah, are any different today than they were when we were younger? I don't think that they've ever, they can change because it's so basic. Do you think kids are more? Ex- Sorry, young adults are more direct
1: with each other than we were. Yes. Well, I just want to chime in about like the difference between maybe you know breakups in the past versus now, and I think that technology has really kind of changed things in a big way. I broke up with my first boyfriend over at AIM, not my highest point.
5: Oh. oh no! <laughs> but just sent him a text message. God.
1: Well, I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, yeah. isn't that what
0: happened to Britney Spears? Didn't Kevin? Federline, send her a text message. Someone did that. Someone in Hollywood sent a text message. Um, Yeah, it was Brittany.
2: Brittany somehow was mixed up in that. You know, I was thinking when you were asking that, Susan, I was thinking the face-to-face kind of thing. Yeah, but the technology thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but it's still looked down upon, like, when somebody says, like, oh, he broke up with me via email, everybody else is like, oh, what? if you don't do it (laughs)
5: face-to-face, you're not going to get any respect for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, say that again, and you're not going to get any respect. You're not
5: going to get any respect (laughs) respect if you don't break up with someone face-to-face, because that's just cowardly. You know, and you you owe them that much, especially if you're in a relationship. You know, you, you should you should at least show up to break up with them.
0: I'm cowardly,
4: but <laughs> you
2: know, you
0: know, I'm, dear
2: John letters have gone forever. It's the same thing. You're not facing the person. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: right now, I'm uh, RA in an off cross dorm, and there a lot of students who are kind of going through the. You know, I have this, you know, guy or girl back home, but I'm just not really feeling it anymore. And how do I do it? Do I hold out until I go back home, or
5: yes, yeah, the the infamous. If you do it at, at Halloween the pumpkin drop, you do it Thanksgiving, turkey drop, Santa drop, all the way through freshman year, there are drops. Yeah, so when there's <laughs> yeah.
1: barriers to the whole face-to-face thing, it gets a little more complicated. Yeah. Well, how do you think a breakup affects a subsequent
0: relationship? Do you think a person becomes more wary or more eager to make the next one work, so you're more accommodating and less critical? I vote for wary. You do? I think it
3: depends on the person or, like, the relationship, because... I mean, I don't think there's a clear formula for it.
5: I agree. I've sort of had it both ways, especially one way where you know you're you're in a relationship and you're aware you're aware of it going south, and you you, you have these these ideas that you want to do, and you know you have, you have things that you want to do with a person, and it can be really fun, but because the relationship's going bad, you don't really want to do that. And so it's almost like an incentive to get into a, a, a relationship that's healthier, where you can really be that sort of other person that you want to be. Mm-hmm.
0: So that that confirms that someone should be direct with you, or be direct with the other person when they're about to break up with you so that you have some idea of what was wrong. But no, I think I'm into the Marines. I'm joining the Marines. I don't know. Well, listen, can you ever convince someone to love you again or fall back in
4: love with you? What do you think? Mm, after they've dumped you? Mhm. No. I don't know. So.
0: Well, okay, here here's the scenario. Someone dated somebody. The true story. Dated someone Um, intensely for 11 months, really, really, really liked the guy. She started putting a little bit of pressure on him. You know, I'd like to meet your friends and blah, blah, blah. And he disappeared. Never sent her an email, never called. So he's just reappeared, starting to send her email saying I made a big mistake. Well, I guess that leads us into um, uh, the next... Um, the next segment which is forgiveness. So we are going to take a short break and when we come back we are going to talk about forgiveness and if you think this person should forgive this man for just disappearing. If we'd like to hear from you, let us know what you think of the show, the very noisy show today and if you have any questions for the panel, go to our website and send us an email at what would your mother say at edu. We will be right back. I'm Susan Morris, and this is What Would Your Mother Say? This is What Would Your Mother Say? Hi, I'm your host, Susan Morris. Welcome to the show. Our topic forgiveness. Now, in some religions, if a person harms you, but then sincerely apologizes and tries to rectify the wrong, you are required to grant forgiveness. Now, on the other hand, there are people such as billionaire Donald Trump who believe that when someone crosses you, you should get even. He says, if you don't get even, you're just a schmuck. (laughs) Here in the studio with me to talk about forgiveness is my panel of students, Lauren, Claudia, and Laura. And sitting on the other side are two other mothers, Jonah and Lane. Welcome. Okay, I want to ask you, so what do you think of the two approaches? I think Donald's got an ego. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a given. But there are lots of people out there who may not say it, but they they get even. They don't forgive. Laura, you're nodding your head. Oh, um, just... Uh, <laughs> You, well, what does it mean to, to get even? Don't you have to be really, really clever and detached from it to really successfully get even? Actually, I think
2: his wife took that up and said, you know, the best revenge is living better, you know. You know, she had that whole commercial line going.
0: <laughs> Did she really? Oh, I missed that. Well, well, taking it away, though, from, from Donald Trump, um, what, are, what makes it hard to forgive? Why is it so hard to forgive
4: someone? I think the hardest thing is forgiving someone who does not express remorse or ask to be forgiven,
0: yeah, that makes good sense if someone it says they're sorry, but I think the real the real baddies don't say they're sorry,
3: right? I think it's just how hurt you are from whatever whatever they did to you is what makes you not want to forgive or makes it difficult to forgive so i I don't know well. When
0: I, don't know, I want to talk about forgiveness, though, isn't it sometimes you're just you're just hurt? I mean, it isn't a real disservice that was done to you. It's just your ego was offended. I mean, how many of you find yourself sort of not wanting to make up with someone because, gosh darn it, they just made me mad or they ignored me or they did something? And do, does anyone at the
2: table want you to? You know, you have to really explain what you mean by forgiveness. Is it just means saying okay, whatever? Yeah, I forgive you. Or are you talking about, um, I'm going to be your friend again? Or at what level are you saying that forgiveness is?
0: Well, I think that, you mean how bad was the crime? Well, I think there are a lot of... Or what do you expect out of it in the future? Uh, Well, okay, I have a list here and we can sort of evaluate the kinds of uh, disservice or disjustice that the person committed. What if uh, someone stood you up at the altar... Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Uh,
4: yes? You mean just like didn't come? <laughs> yeah, didn't come. Or You're didn't there come. and like yeah. runaway bride kind uh, of thing. They're <laughs> dead. Oh, they're dead. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah.
3: That's that's something that's very, I can't imagine forgiving somebody for that. Ever? Ever, ever, ever? I think I'd be able to let go of like the anger or the hurt, but I don't know if I'd ever really be okay with telling the person like, oh, it's okay that you did that. It's okay <laughs> it that my like, family was there waiting. And- There's
5: like a material forgiveness where you're just like, okay, like, you know, I won't be angry at you, but in terms of regaining a trust, which is part of a very deeper concept of forgiveness, I think that is something that can be, certainly be lost and never to be won again in certain instances, certainly like abandoning someone at the altar.
0: Well, it is it, when you um, forgive someone, do you say, I trust you now?
5: No, I sometimes d- no. Yeah. I think
0: those are two totally different categories. Mhm. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Um would you forgive someone who stole your significant other or love interest
3: <laughs> after a eager car? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hard to know. Well,
4: but- I've got a little story there. Yeah? My sister actually started dating a guy that I'd been dating. No real overlap, but it was a very close time in between. And he and I weren't real serious, but this was actually someone she had set me up with. And then um, it didn't really work out. I moved outside the area, but we were still kind of seeing each other. And the next thing I know, my sister's going out with them. And... They went out very seriously for probably 2 or 3 years and it was one of those situations where I had to make a choice was I going to let that ego bruising destroy our relationship or was I going to just move on from there and I chose to just move on and we I don't harbor any anger about it now it's really something that's done and gone because she me. didn't it would have been interesting if she'd married him though and you got to
0: see this quasi love interest in a non
1: in a, a non-sexual way or as a family member, suddenly yeah. you'd have to see him a lot. Well, Laura? In regards to that, I mean, is it kind of, forgiveness depends on what's at stake. Like, what are you giving up by not forgiving them versus, you know, forgiving them? Because in that case, it's your relationship with your sister, you know? And, I mean, do you really want to give that up over something? But if it's there's nothing else at stake, you know, forgiving, uh, you know, maybe it doesn't really need to happen if there's nothing
4: really at cost. I think that's a good point. I think you do it for yourself as much as for the other person and I think that's what Donald Trump is missing. Well, what is the price of not forgiving someone? Your hair. Look at him. (laughs) (laughs) You (laughs) hold it in. Yeah, you,
0: you harbor it. It's just not good. It's not healthy. Well, that's what the people who are... There's a forgiveness project at Stanford and there's this theory and maybe it goes back back to biblical times where you, you want to forgive because if you don't, it makes you sick and it doesn't it doesn't help you. But I, Donald Trump, and I shouldn't keep quoting this guy's book because <laughs> I personally think he's a pig, uh, but he said that um, you should, uh, that you feel uh, better if you don't forgive i mean that you that you're being a sucker if you forgive and i sometimes i wonder about that does ever anyone wonder here that gosh you know this person keeps doing this should i keep quote forgiving them as you well you know it feels good to get back revenge feels
2: good and in his case he's just justifying it by saying well if i didn't do it i'd be a wimp and you know what that's why i'm that's why i'm so good because i'm not a wimp i get away with it
0: yeah
4: yeah I think you have to be really clever to get away with it <laughs> or, or awful. Not that he's not clever. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there can be some energy that is generated from that feeling of revenge that could really forward you on. I mean, if you think about all the people who have been rejected, authors or, um, or whatever, if you're rejected from a relationship and you say, well, I'm going to go find out, find somebody better. I mean, there's an energy there that can spur you on to improving yourself or achieving a goal that can be useful. Finding someone who really loved you. But you know, that's not necessarily saying that you don't
2: forgive people from the past. That's just saying you're using it. In, that's actually a positive thing. I went, oh, yeah, well,
0: I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. Is anyone at the table willing to admit what was the most unforgivable thing that you've done? <laughs> unforgivable thing. Um, bad question. Uh, <laughs> I was just wondering how upfront you were all the people here. Um, okay, well, let me go back to my story that I started to tell. We have a couple of minutes left about this guy who reappeared after 11 months and is now saying, Oh, I made a horrible mistake. I never should have, um, you know, dumped you. <laughs> you know, and the women that I went out with afterwards don't compare to you. What should this what should this gal do? Any any opinions on that? I have mixed feelings
1: because you can sit at home Saturday after Saturday. Um, yes. I Laura. think in some sense it's kind of circumstantial. Like why did he disappear? Like was it because he was afraid of commitment and now he's like, "Oh, okay. I'm ready to, you know, suck it up and ready to take the dive or is it because he found another woman and found her to be more interesting and then it just didn't work out and so now he's crawling back.
2: In other words, is he settling for you? That, but the, you know, because then it's like
5: yeah, out of here. There's <laughs> also a temptation to consider that as money in the bank. I mean, this guy owes you big time. You know, why not ride it for a little bit? Oh. <laughs> you, exact, you exact your forgiveness and revenge all in one film.
0: <laughs> how could she make? How could she uh, play revenge on this one?
5: I, I don't know. Just I don't know. String them take along. For, yeah, yeah, a and, lot. <laughs> yeah. Choose
0: you know. really expensive restaurants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's yeah. I think you're right about. Um, the, the, what, why did he break up with her? Well, in this particular case, the guy is saying that he did, it was a commitment issue. It wasn't because he fell in love with someone else. So I don't know. Who knows if he's telling the truth, right? Okay, well, there, no one's willing. I've given you all another minute or two to think of the most unforgivable thing that you've ever done. Any, any, nope, okay. Well,
1: (laughs) bad (laughs) question.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to look at trends in relationships and marriage. We'd like to hear from you. Let us know what you think of today's show, and send us your questions for the panel. You can go to our website, whatwouldyourmothersay.com, and send us an email. We will be right back. This is What Would Your Mother Say? Hi, I'm your host, Susan Morris. Welcome to the show. We're talking about trends in marriage today. In the olden days, when I was young, couples often married in their early to mid-twenties. Well, that's what I did. But in recent years, couples are marrying at a much older age. But there are signs that this is changing, albeit slowly. Here with me to take a look at trends in marriage and relationships is my panel of students, Lauren, Claudia, and Laura, and sitting on my side of the table are two other moms, Jonah and Lane. Welcome. It's good to have you here. Okay, my first question. Well, now I'm going to address this to the students. It seems like people of your generation are in general holding off until later to get married. What do you think motivates the ones who decide not to wait who are getting married right after college?
1: Well, some of the uh, friends that I have that are getting married right now, um, it seems to be kind of um, a situation of circumstance where either um, my best friend's older sister just recently got engaged and... You know, they were going to, I guess they were, you know, engaged for maybe two months and then they found out she was pregnant. And so now they're kind of having a little bit of a shotgun wedding. Um, and I have another friend who a couple of years ago got married and her husband is in the um, armed forces. And in order for them to live together, they got married.
0: Yeah, those
3: both make sense. Claudia, do you have any friends who are planning to get married very soon? I have friends who are married, actually, um, and going to school. And personally, the idea of getting married during undergrad, it doesn't scare me. I don't know if it's because I'm in a longer-term relationship, but I think it just depends on how secure you are with your partner, um, if you guys both are ready to take that, make that commitment, or you know, if you want to just shop around and i was going to say, maybe, maybe
5: it's a gender thing. Getting married early sort of baffles me completely. It seems like, you know, you'd want to know things before you totally settle down with someone.
1: No, it's not a gender thing.
0: It scares me, no, too. Right. <laughs> okay, well, what do you think about the kinds of people that you see getting married at a young age? Can you, can you look at them and say, well, they're all nerds or they're all um, homebodies at heart? Can, can you see any pattern with these people? Everyone around here is laughing. (laughs) The word nerds, everyone knows the word nerds. I don't see where that, that, where's the correlation
2: between being a nerd and getting married early? I don't see
0: that. (laughs) Oh, no, but um, someone I was talking to about this subject said that in her observations, the ones that she saw getting married were nerds. So, they're not the outgoing ones that are partying all the time that want to be single. That's <laughs> it. That's got to be it. Yeah, right. That makes good sense, doesn't it? Are
3: your friends nerds? No, <laughs> not in the least. <laughs> but usually, the people that I see getting married are the ones who've been like high school sweethearts. So, I mean, I think it's just they feel like, oh, well, we've been together five years. We might as well get married and not wait. I don't know. Well, what do you see? Okay, this is from
0: my, my perspective, having seen marriages come and go. What do you see as dangers in having a committed relationship that's supposed to last a lifetime, when you're starting at a young age? Everybody knows you change, and my my theory
2: was always, you get to be twenty-five, you know you're going to change right around there. It's almost everybody does. Thirty, another time, and those two times are, they're big and. To me, it scares me to try to make some that kind of a commitment before.
0: Yeah, it makes you don't know what's going to happen to yourself. You don't know exactly. It's so it's such a what just plain old luck whether someone's going to end up um, turning out the way they or keeping the same as they were when you first married and your partner. Yep. Yeah, you don't want someone to stay the same for for uh, you know a lifetime of marriage, right? You want them to change. But what? Um, <laughs> right. In the right ways, yes. Yes, right, in the perfect ways, right? In the say yes way. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they learned that the woman, they should always say yes to the woman. How is that? Are you listening, Jim? Are you listening? Well, if you had a friend who had just told you that they they were engaged to someone who you thought they were foolish to be marrying, would you say something to them? I guess this, it doesn't even matter if they're getting married.
4: Um, I think that it would depend on the relationship with that friend. And if it was just a casual acquaintance and I didn't plan on spending a lot of time with them, I'd probably let it go. If it was someone like a very close friend or a relative, I would think it would be my duty to say something in as diplomatic a way as I could.
3: What could
4: you say? Um, For example, what I could say might be something like, I love you very much more than anything in the world. I want to see you happy. I'm not sure that... Being with this person makes you happy. If you are certain, I will support this 100%. But if you are not certain, now's the time to decide it, not after the wedding. Jonah do you agree? I think you take big
0: risks when you put yourself out like that because it's not your life.
2: I, you know, I'm not really sure of that. She should kind of try turn change my mind a little bit just listening to what she said. What In what way?
5: Uh, well, well to it's sort of like you're you're an advisor to your friend who's a president, and your pre- the friend who's the president is signing whether or not to go to war, and so it's ultimately his decision. But I mean, you're in the position to offer some good some good advice. So while you know you're ultimately not making the decision for them by any means, uh, you certainly can give that advice diplomatically, and I think that's important.
3: Claudia, would you tell someone? I think yeah, I would just because when somebody shares something. When t- like if especially if it's a close friend, they usually tell you something and then they say wanting your opinion. So even if they don't say "What do you think you know that your best friend is saying like "Oh, I bought a new dress so you say, "Oh, can I see it?" and then you can tell her "Oh no, you look bad in it or something So okay, I'll tell you, from, you my be- pers-
0: from my perspective, I'm kind of an outspoken person and I have learned you don't ever do that I say to someone did you ask my opinion and they will more often than not say no I didn't ask your opinion So I've learned because I used to say, oh, well, you know, that dress makes you look a little or, you know, have you really. (laughs) One thing that did come to mind, though, because I talk to people on a
2: casual basis a lot. And if I hear somebody say something that doesn't sound right, uh, there there may be a relationship where there's something dangerous going on. Or, you know, the person is letting something out there and I'll say something. Because you feel like, gosh, if I don't say something... uh, they might get in more trouble. I might as well just give a little bit of my opinion without being heavy-handed. I guess as a mother, I'm I'm devil on about
0: this.
4: Yes, Lynn. I think also it depends on what's at risk. If it's someone who's in an abusive relationship, I think you have to say something. If it's some you know, if you know he's a chronic cheater or she's a chronic cheater, um, a drug user, or anything that could put that person at risk, you, you owe it to them to say something. And then if they don't act on it. Then I think that's when you drop it. But I think you have to say something.
0: Okay. And so, what is a mother, what can a mother say to a daughter that would be acceptable? I mean, because, first of all, no one is ever good enough for your daughter. Oh, that was the reason. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. the
3: theory <laughs> yeah right no yeah i mean yeah i mean yeah i think a mom i mean i'm not a mom but i think a mom is in a more difficult position because or in my case when my mom tells me something i usually want to go and do it just because she said don't do it so moms are always in a difficult position like do i say something is she going to take it the wrong way is she going to be offended is she going to be more adamant to do it because i said it
5: as no. the boyfriend, I sort of noticed that's true. It's a double-edged sword. If the parents like you, uh, it's sort of a point against you in the girlfriend factor. But if the, if the parents love you, that's sort of a, a turnoff for her oftentimes. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't quite agree with that because I came from a long string of I can't stand him, I hate him, I don't like him. Ugh, that guy, uh. And when my mom first met my husband, it was something a little positive there. <laughs> it wasn't quite as bad. And I went, oh,
0: God, big points here. <laughs> Well, you weren't in college, though. You were older. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the older you get, you say, well, maybe my parents know me a little bit better than, you know, than I'd like them to sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I definitely think, though, that as a mother, you have to be careful about when, like, how often you are critical. Because I've definitely noticed that, you know, with every one of my relationships, my parents have always been very critical. And it's kind of gotten to the point where I just don't feel comfortable telling them about know, every single detail of my love life. And I think that kind of damages it a little bit. So I think, you know, kind of pick your battles as far as passing judgment because then maybe I won't listen to you next time. Do you
0: think a mother could um, write to a daughter who's thinking about getting married and saying, "Um, Nate, from my perspective, these are some things you might want to consider? What do you think? You know, um, that the guy... Does what you know enjoys doing the same things that you do? That they're hardworking. I mean, just sort of basic things like that. Do you think that's acceptable for a mother to do? That- I think mom, moms kind of do that.
2: When you know, it's not always. I can't stand that guy, and and then a few reasons that you're going to go. Nah, I don't really believe those reasons. I think uh, you kind of that does come out. Why don't you date so and so? He seems like he clicks with you because of these reasons. Unfortunately, when
0: that happens, you go, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm being more direct, though, about the one specific boyfriend who the person is the daughter might be seeing. I mean, how would you feel if your mother sent you a list about someone that you were pretty serious about and, you, and asking, you know. These are just
3: questions that you should ask yourself. Oh, well, a list is a little overwhelming. Maybe drop a few things every, every once in a while just casually because a list just seems like... She's just looking for what's wrong with him. So if she has some concerns, I would rather her bring it up at different conversations. Maybe if it was uh, from the heart and in, in
2: uh, her experience, you know, before I met your dad, I I thought of these things. But boy, when I knew him, I kind of I kind of had a little checklist of stuff that really made a difference to me, and I'm glad I did.
4: And I think that's also something you've got to start long before they're dating the person they may end up marrying. I mean, my my children are younger, and my daughter's seven. And I actually, all my kids now, I'll say things, you know, I married your dad because da 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 da, or what I love about your dad is, or you know, your dad would do anything to keep our family safe, or something like that. So they're already thinking those things now. I think these. You,
0: yes, Lauren. What do you think? If you got a list from your parents, or have your parents done it over time?
5: I, I agree with the fact that a list is a little bit overbearing, and the fact that anyone, especially if you're mailing it, someone sits down to write a letter these days. Oh my God, it better be you know serious. But uh, you know the fact that someone sits down to write this letter is a little creepy, and it makes you sort of feel overanalyzed and, and watched over a little bit too much. So I, I agree with the fact that you should probably drop those into everyday conversation.
0: Okay. How how, can, 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 how do you do that? Say, oh hi, honey! It's so good to see you. Now, when you get married, you should look for someone who does. Yeah.
3: You know. Well, no, I'm, I mean, in my in my experience with my mom, she hasn't said things like that, but she says, you know, this is the point of dating. You're you're weeding out what you don't like, the qualities of somebody you don't like, and so you learn from this guy you didn't like this. So your next relationship, if you see the same trend you're not going to stick with it because it's not something that works with you. And so it's more generic, but, I mean, I got the idea.
2: You know, I have never heard anybody else use the term that I did, that weeding out term. (laughs) And... and I think it's so appropriate because that gives you a chance to learn what you really do want. You might not know it at first. You
0: probably don't. <laughs> well, we, we've had discussions on the show about dating. And, and, Lauren, you've said in the past that, that kids students don't date that much. But I was saying, wait a minute, you need that experience to weed people out. Can you weed people out like that when you're just gathering um, in groups, like which is so often the the pattern these days?
5: I think it's possible. It's a slower process, though, because mm-hmm. when you're one-on-one in an actual date situation, it's a very concentrated, you know, get-to-know-you type of experience. And so if there's something that, you know, I don't know, if you don't like or something that you like a lot, it'll become immediately apparent rather than having to sort of pick it out of these random moments in a group confrontation.
0: Like maybe you're misinterpreting something if in it when someone does something in a group.
5: Right, and also it's easier for them to hide behind other people in terms of personality. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they're just half of the conversation, it's harder for them to hide behind <laughs> you, you know?
1: <laughs> I definitely feel that, you know, people also do act differently in group dynamics than versus, you know, one-on-one as well. So you have to, I mean, if you want to pursue a relationship with someone, it, you do have to, you know, do that one-on-one thing because you're not going to be intimate with someone as a group all the time. <laughs> I hope
0: not. Okay, I want to go around the table and have people say one thing that they would look for in a spouse. Okay, well, you're married, Lynn, so you
4: should know what... what <laughs> Just one? <laughs> I was very, very picky. <laughs> there you go, that's and it. And then also, you know, I was I was um, chatting beforehand, before the show, saying that my husband's significantly older than I am, and who I ended up marrying was not at all who I was dating.
0: Oh, okay. So... So... How did you make the transition from
4: going from someone closer to
0: your age to
4: an older person? And that was that was a whole set of questions that I needed to ask myself at that point when I met him. And I thought, you know, I'm very attracted to this person. I want to be with this person. But how do I feel about the fact he's older, the fact he's been married before? In fact, he had a mustache, which I could not stand. <laughs> he doesn't anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. Um, as far as looking for something in a future future spouse, um, I guess right now, as I'm entering my senior year, I kind of think of more towards the future and thinking about you know compatible lifestyles. Like, will there be lots of travel? Will there be you know location, et cetera? And so that's kind of one thing that I kind of am thinking about.
0: Do you think you can predict if someone's going to be adventurous or risk-taking later on when they hit their 40s? Imagine being that old. But can you look at someone in their 20s and say, hmm, I think I can tell that this person is not going to get stodgy and boring? I think
2: that's part of a personality that that stays. You you might mellow out, Mm -hmm. but I think that stays.
0: Okay. I'm not sure I agree, but... But if they're boring now, (laughs) They, they are definitely going to be boring when they're older. But we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be looking at emails that we've gotten from our listeners. This is Susan Morris, and you're listening to What Would Your Mother Say? This is What Would Your Mother Say? Hi, I'm your host, Susan Morris. Today's panel includes Lauren, Claudia, and Laura. And with me on the mother's side of the table is Jonah and Lane. Our listeners this week have some challenging questions for you, and uh, I want to see what you have to say. But first, we just got an email from a listener who wants to know if the panel members have made up a list, either on paper or in their mind, of what a mate must have or be like before they'll sign
3: on. Uh, Claudia? I don't know if it's a must, but there are definitely qualities that I look for, just like... Patience and communication and honesty, but I think those are very generic. I mean, I don't think somebody wants anybody who's dishonest.
5: So this is a paper list.
3: <laughs> no, this is not a paper. It's a list. mental list. This though. is a mental list. But I, I mean, I don't even think I consciously think. It's not like I meet a guy and think, oh, he's not willing to communicate, can't talk to him, or something. You know, it's just something that you, you, you know, learn, you know. Yeah. I played. Um, I was dating someone who I really
0: liked, and we were playing Monopoly and I went out of the room, and he cheated, and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) And I still remember that, and I remember thinking, he's not the one for me. I mean,
5: s- what a smooth character! did a monopoly on a date. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. is, that, is that a true story? That, that's amazing. It is a true that story.
0: I just named Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. But I just thought that was—I don't know. Oh, but you know, I told someone that story, and he said, "You mean you wouldn't want to marry someone who got caught?" And I thought, "Oh, another person on my list of do not marry." <laughs> Lauren, what's what's on your list?
5: On my list, good posture.
0: What? Oh wait,
5: Extremely we had attractive. this
0: conversation. <laughs> you are kidding.
5: What? I like good posture.
2: Oh, you mean you just don't like someone that slouches badly?
5: Yeah. I mean, there are other things on the list, too. Oh, come on. Good, come good on. Posture. Get serious. I don't like people who litter.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, no. All right. All right. Come on. We'll give you another roundabout to, <laughs> to be serious. Uh, Lane, what's on your, <laughs> I mean, what so was seriously. on your list?
4: <laughs> um, somebody, you know, it's kind of those generic things. I think it's more that ding that goes off. I heard that described that way before where you're with the person and a ding goes off and you know you couldn't stay with this person. Mm-hmm. Like, I I went out with this one guy once, first date, he wiped his nose on his T-shirt, like, on the sleeve, and I was like, okay, ding, <laughs> take me home now. Um, for me, I've
1: uh, definitely kind of honed this thing through having many consecutive boyfriends who didn't really quite match up to being able to interact well in a group dynamic. And um, so you, you want to be able to take a, a partner, like, out and you know, be able to trust them in order to like you know, c- conduct themselves appropriately <laughs> for your
0: friends so they don't, so your friends don't kind of look at you oddly. Indeed, that's what they're doing. Definitely. Well, here's a question from a student who writes I went home to visit my parents for the weekend, and on Saturday night, I walked in on them having sex. <laughs> <laughs> I felt super awkward and walked out right away, but I'm sure they saw me. No one has said anything about it, but I feel like I should apologize or something. Any suggestions? They don't
2: want to say anything about
0: it. Forget it.
5: Agreed. No. Say nothing. Do not bring it up. Move on. Erase it from your memory.
0: Oh, come on. Has anyone ever had that happen? Not with their parents, but walked in on anyone? No? No. No. I think it's a feeling that you say, "Oh."
4: I am. A, a friend of mine said that her 9-year-old son and his friend walked in on them. Oh. And uh, actually I think it was a cousin. So she had to tell her sister-in-law that this that her nephew had seen her oh. and her husband and in that flagrante.
0: That must have been a very embarrassing conversation with uh, the cousin, you know, with the
4: relatives. They were not pleased.
0: <laughs> <laughs> bet, did they say that?
4: I think there w- that was um, some tension, but it was one of those things where, I mean, it wasn't like she planned it and, you know,
0: did it deliberately. <laughs> what do you think the impact is on on um, both the parents and on the the family member who sees it? Depending on the age of the child, uh, it's well, kind of a... They w- might not understand
3: it, but what about this college student who... Um, Incredibly embarrassed. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I can't imagine any other way of taking that. Because
0: parents are not supposed to have sex, right? I mean, you know, though, no, it, it's, it's
2: just
5: a, like it's if just your a, mom. I, we don't really want to know about it. I'll be honest. No, that, that doesn't need to come up in conversation. Just tell
2: yourself you're glad that your parents have a good relationship. They're staying <laughs> together. They're, you know, I think and that, and don't and bring you leave it that. ever
0: again. <laughs> okay, here's another email. I really like sleeping at my boyfriend's place, but he snores, and I don't get much rest when I'm with him. I don't know how to deal with it. If I wake him up, then he won't get any rest either. If I leave, then it seems like I'm just there for the sex. What should I do? You're just there for the sex because um, she would leave. Now I have a question. I mean, when you when you're when you're um, you uh, involved with someone, um, do you go home in the middle of the night? I mean, how does that
2: work? Why not just go sleep on the couch or something? and see, you know what? I can't stay in the same room. You're noisy
4: and and deal with it. Would that be a ding moment? Well, my husband actually snores very loudly, and my kids snore too, so sometimes they come and get in bed, and of course, I do not snore, so out of the five people in our family, I'm the only one who doesn't. Um, but you know what, I kind of train myself to accept it, and I think there is a level of comfort you can you can actually, you can raise your level of comfort or discomfort and and accept it, and it's actually, now I when I hear him at night and I wake up, I kind of, you know, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I say a little thank you, you know, he's here, mm-hmm. and I know he's here, I can hear him.
2: <laughs> I tried that.
4: I tried that. It doesn't work. Yeah, it and
2: I know if it. I wanted to take sleeping pills every night. Um, in fact, I have actually talked about this problem with a lot of people, and they feel so guilty about leaving the room. But the ones that do are so glad because everybody gets sleep that way, and then they're not killing each other the next day for or later on because they're deprived from sleep. Well, what do you think the person feels
0: like who's left behind? I mean, the, they, they,
2: they're sleeping. They're snoring away. They don't even know most of the time. Obviously, well, if she
3: feels that guilty. She can just say, "Listen, you're not letting me sleep. I'm going to go to the couch, or mm-hmm. I'm going to take off because you snore." I mean, it's not. So it's, it's not, not a big, big deal. Problem.
0: although it could be.
4: Um, you, you don't think it could be a mismatch, of course. You you clearly it isn't a mismatch for you. Well, so. I don't. I don't like it, but I'm sure mm-hmm. there's plenty of things I do that he doesn't like. And if it gets severe, there are earplugs. Well, that's we'll have to. They tell. don't work either.
2: Been there, done it all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I would think this would be a turn-off in the beginning of a relationship that if the guy is making too much noise and she's obviously very uncomfortable with it. So I don't know. I don't think this is going to last
1: too long. Sorry, Mm. Claudia. (laughs) Claudia. Um, Laura? Well, I was just thinking, I think it kind of like, you know, feeling awkward about leaving in the middle of the night kind of depends upon, you know, what stage the relationship is at. Because if, you know... If there's any question about whether or not it is just about the sex, well, then, you know, there's something else, I guess, that's playing into that whole relationship there. Gotcha, do do guys think that girls are just there for the sex?
5: Mm, no. I, I can't say that's something we think about. I mean, if someone just left, you know, I mean.
0: We know guys are there just for the
4: sex, but I didn't that, know. That's what I was alluding to. Oh. Or <laughs> would the guys care if the girl was just there for the sex?
5: I don't know. I mean, it's nice to have someone there, but I don't think it's as big of a deal for the guy if the girl stays. I mean, you're both sleeping anyways, and now you're enjoying each other's company.
0: Okay, I knew there was going to be a difference somewhere in this this scenario. Okay, well, listen, here's another email from someone who wants to know how to connect up with someone he likes. He said, I'm thinking about signing up for a class that I know this girl I like is taking, but I'm worried she'll think it's creepy if she figures out I'm taking the class just because she's in it. Should I go for it anyway? Well,
5: how yes. would she find yes. out? A, go for it. B, don't let her find out that you're taking it just because she's in there, but use it as a sort of a, you know, a base for your rocket ship of a relationship.
4: <laughs> why Why would she think day. it's creepy? I think it's creepy. You do? I do think that's creepy. What? I don't to change that. your whole...
5: No, no, no. It's not what that's it says. It says it's a class. class. Yeah,
4: but it's a class you're not interested in. We I mean, don't. that's just...
5: No, not necessarily.
4: We don't know that. I don't well, think it it's says I wouldn't take the class. I'm, I'm thinking about signing it up because she's in it. I don't think that's creepy. I, I can uh. see a girl doing
5: it. And then when you're when you're happily together, you can tell her that and she'll think it's really cute right? Yeah, yeah.
3: when you on. get married. Or I'd be like, how did you know I was taking that class?
5: Okay, well that's, that's outside the scope of the question, alright? Oh. <laughs> he just knows.
3: <laughs> if there was some guy that liked me
1: that I didn't was not interested in and I found out he was changing his schedule to be around me, I would be freaked out. You know what I'm getting? At? The first impression I got is that it's like
2: an art class or something. If you're not in majoring in art (laughs) you're not in a major uh, an art major but you're taking it as an extra class for enjoyment she's taking it you're signing up
4: you don't want to go oh Uh, I'm signing up because I think you're reading a lot into that
2: well that's the first impression I got from this I'm thinking of taking a class that she's in not like I'm changing from my math major to psychology because she's in it.
0: Well, that would be creepy. But I, I don't know if you like someone, you're kind of shy. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it. I can see it. And I don't think this is a generational divide. Do you, Jonah? Uh, I, I think, depending on the
2: person, if you were kind of creepy and I found oh. out, then I'd be creeped out by it. But if I found out later that someone did that, I agree it would be kind of flattering. So it depends on how cute they are. Yeah, well, of that course, kind
5: of, and how non-creepy. The whole thing is about not being creepy and sort of being open about it in in a very you know forthcoming way.
0: You. What do you mean? You're suggesting that he tell this girl no, that he's... No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. Not, not, Never. not forthcoming,
5: forthcoming. Oh, but, I, wouldn't, you know, just,
4: I wouldn't be forthcoming like that. What? I mean, just have a really
5: good story no. about why you're taking...
4: Couldn't <laughs> you just sit in on a couple <laughs> class sessions, and then if it doesn't work out, you don't have to worry about well, it? What's there to work out, though.
5: though? No, but here's <laughs> no, the thing. Everyone complains about, you know, you, you go to a party and everyone's drunk, and you can't talk to anyone anyways. This is a great opportunity, especially if you don't know the person really well. It's sort of find them an an opportunity outside of a a drunken, loud party scene and, you know, actually get to know them, you know, and it's kind of sad that if it comes down to that, that's sort of like your last line of defense, but it's better than nothing.
1: Yeah, I
0: think, um I mean, are there really ways that people can meet you on campus that are um, easy? I mean, if you're sitting there at lunch at the student center and some guy kind of starts circling the table and eyeing you and sits down, I mean, you could say that was creepy. I mean, you could take any kind of action as being kind of creepy, right?
3: It depends on the individual.
0: Well, yeah, there are creeps out there who <laughs> no matter what they're doing, it's creepy, right? <laughs> but... uh um, what are you saying now that if 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 he were once again
3: really cute it would be okay? It's not I don't know if it's about the look though like or his looks it's just again we don't know a lot of the details from this email so right, we can't. Right. No, I Did I you know the picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean like I don't know if it's like okem or if it's art or I don't know if he's friends with her and that's how he knew about the class or if he just Well, yeah. no, I wasn't talking about the class. I was just talking about how do people
0: meet people on campus when there's a, di- you know, there's not a direct connection and someone well, But yeah, really I mean, you
5: notice that the, the smoothest guys and the guys who get the most sort of play uh, with women are the guys that can open that set, you know, and not seem creepy, and that's a very sort of important skill, and it's sort of a very rare thing as well.
0: Well, we will talk about how to acquire that skill on our next show. It's time to say goodbye, and I want to thank all of you for coming on for your great input and insightful comments. I've learned a lot. I'm not going to tell you in which area. <laughs> the students, Lauren, Claudia, and Laura, and the mothers, Lane and Jonah. Just for the record, the opinions you hear on what would your mother say do not represent those of KZSU or Stanford University. They're not intended to be a substitute for professional advice and or counseling. Kyle Wolf has been our engineer. Sarah Buer is the producer. I'm the executive producer. Let us know what you thought of today's program by going to our website, whatwouldyourmothersay.com. Next week's show, the topic is uh, acceptance commitment therapy, a new therapy that's out there being used by therapists. Our guest is Stephen Hayes, professor of psychology and author of Get Out of Your Life and Into Your Mind. That's it for tonight. Thanks for joining us. See you next time, same time, same station. And remember, call your mom. I'm Susan Morris.